Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, lovely people. It's Sarah May. So this is an episode that is a request. This one's for Brian. Um, it's about ghosting. So I did a an audience Q&A episode about this, but I figured, and Brian figured, it could use a little bit more of an in-depth explanation. So with that, here it goes. There are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. So this is for a person who has been ghosted, not the person who ghosts. So for whatever it's worth, if you're listening to this, contrary to how it feels, a lot of thought can go into ghosting. It could be something that someone battles with in their mind and replays and debates for weeks on end. The decision to ghost comes from a sincere but kind of fucked up place, a place that says, I just don't know what to do. So with that, let's get to part one, the what. Someone you are seemingly hitting it off with, maybe you feel like you're even falling in love with. You're dating, things are going great as far as you can tell. Maybe it's also a friend. It doesn't have to be necessarily romance. So regardless, things are moving forward. Nothing to be concerned about. Then, out of the blue, that person disappears. They stop calling you back. They stop responding to to texts. They essentially drop off the face of the earth. And then that sends you into loops of confusion and then despair. So you might start to question yourself. You might question your value and replay and reevaluate everything about the relationship. You can also feel groundless, like you just had the rug yanked out from under you. And yet there's this other part of you that's still doing that double take, thinking, wait, but did that really happen? Did they really mean that? It can't be. This, I must be mistaken. If I could only get a hold of them, I would be able to clarify things. But then the other more rational part of your brain replays the facts. Nope, they stopped responding to me. Therefore, I got ghosted. That's what's happening. And it could be that maybe even their last text to you was like a super dramatic, um, romantic me- message that implied a much different story, like a fairy tale goodbye. Like something written on a scroll. Farewell, my love. I'll never forget thee. Or maybe they just straight out dropped contact altogether out of nowhere. And that makes you kind of obsess and read between the lines and try and reanalyze everything they said. Because regardless of which way it happened, it feels like, huh, I meant nothing to them. I meant so little to them that they didn't even allow me the dignity of a conversation. They didn't even say goodbye for real or explain to me what was going to go on. What was going on? They just 
dropped off the face of the earth. Like, that's how little I matter. So that's part one, the what. Part two, the why. Well, contrary to how it feels, it's not that this person didn't care about you. It's kind of more the opposite. It has to do with more that they cared too much about what you thought, but in a fearful way. We can't, in short terms, we can't give what we didn't get. So if a person never learned how to deal with confrontation or hard emotions or was never, like, taught a language for dealing with things like this, um, dealing with difficult feelings, dealing with things that are going to make someone else upset, um, they won't be able to give that to you. And I'm not trying to excuse the behavior. I'm just saying, like, if their parent gave them no emotional uh, strength or skill set, then they will not have that skill set unless they learn it from someone else in their life. And in order to get to a place when you're you're capable of that, you have to first feel like you're worthy and whole so that you'll actually feel like accountable. So people who are worthy and whole enough care about delivering this kind of information because it hurts them not to do so. Sort of somewhat unrelated but kind of related side story. When I was a druggie in college, I didn't show up to meet up. I had a professor who was super nice. He he invited me to host an art show, like an art gallery show. And we were going to meet up at the Museum of Jurassic Technology in Los Angeles. It's a cool museum. My book is in the library if you happen to go there. Anyway, I just didn't show up because in my mind... I was a person who didn't show up. My, I literally like flaked on this guy and I never even contacted him. But my belief at the time was I am a person who doesn't show up. I'm a piece of shit druggie, so I act like one. And that's kind of what's at play in this situation. Only it's a person who doesn't feel they are a person who shows up and is accountable to others. So there's a lot of layers to what's going on in a person. It's not so cut and dry that they don't care. It's not like you meant nothing to them. I would guess they have been more concerned with and anxious about what they're going to do and how they don't know what to do, that they've just blocked it. Like they've tried to like ignore all of those feelings inside. Um, That said, there are a lot of diverse reasons that people ghost. It's either the lack of skills, like namely emotional skills, um, the lack of confidence and feelings of wholeness that make you accountable to others, the inability to express their feelings, especially when those feelings are going to cause another person to feel hurt, um, or a fear of anger. Sometimes people are just afraid of uh, anger in other people. Another huge reason that people ghost is just a lack of confidence, a lack of self-love. They probably don't know that, but... When you're hiding, when you have a pervasive state of cutting off from your inner self, what you're doing is just letting yourself off the hook. You're acting less than, and that's kind of what this person did. You're turning a blind eye on what you know you should do. When you are capable of doing something like that, you are by default acting as a person who is unlovable, which just signals to me, You're a person who is out of alignment. You're not acting in in accordance with your own values. So when you're not acting in accordance with with your own values, you're not complete. You're not whole. You're not bulletproof in your sense of self. 
So often that comes from a lack of connection to one's inner compass. Like they stop listening to whatever inner feelings they have, usually because being connected to your inner feelings and your conscience is just very anxiety-provoking. You're full of painful self-criticism. And that's just a really long way of saying some part of you feels unlovable, like deep down. You don't feel like a good person deep down. So here's an example for you. I want you to imagine someone who is happy. They're nice to people. They're so together in their life. They're aligned. They say what they're going to do. They do what they're going to say. And this person's accountable. They're complete and they're confident in who they are. They're a person who is seamless, bulletproof. They do the loving thing. That person who is this way, who is aligned, is not capable of doing this, is not capable of ghosting because it hurts them. It feels bad to them. It hurts them to not do the aligned, loving thing. So if that person, if, if you're dating this person, Mr. or Mrs. Accountable and aligned, this is how they break off a relationship with you if it's not working for them. They call you or they text you and they say, I don't know how else to say this, but I, I really I hate to say this, really, because you're awesome. But I, I feel like we should break this off. Um, I, I, I know that you're great, and I think there's someone out there that deserves to be with you, but I don't think we're right for each other. And I just wanted to tell you because I feel like you deserve someone who's all in and someone who appreciates yourself completely. Um, I wish you the best and I've had I've no, nothing but great things to say about you. I think you're wonderful, but it's just I don't feel like this is right for me. Whatever shape or form of that, that's like the way that someone handles something like that. Someone who deals with things in a passive way versus an active way is uh, hiding. They're trying not to think about what they know. And yes, that is, people are saying, yeah, but that's becoming more of a a commonplace thing in culture today. And I would say, like, maybe we're leaning into that a little too much. I would say that's not, uh, that's like stamping an excuse on something versus addressing each situation individually. True, we are all more passive via just talking to people through a phone. Um, And humans in general are more prone to deciding things passively when we are given the opportunity because we feel less guilty. We feel less to blame, which is untrue, obviously, because you many greater sins are created through the the passive uh, non-decision. But it's a way that we feel like we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything wrong. Um, And that's because of just the way our brains work. So true. Conversations are by a majority done via text now. And so you're less present, you're less in person. So people feel less culpable for the things they're doing and they feel less liable for skipping very important conversations. However, this is not an excuse and you should not feel like it's okay if it happens to you. I would also say, regardless, it's technology is the worst medium to translate feelings. Things get reduced to a screen, including the three-dimensional human being who's on the other side of it, um, just because it's less immediate. So I think it it's almost like it's enabling the worst tendencies in humans, just 
People who ghost, I think, are are being enabled in that facet of themselves. It's usually people who have a habit of compartmentalizing, and they've set up rules for themselves about what they have to do, as well as like what they want, you know, culture to say is expected of them. So they might use it as an excuse in their own mind. But regardless, if it happened to you, it's not okay, and it shouldn't have been done. It's not something that is kind or emotionally healthy and normal. And so I would not normalize it in your mind and don't expect it from others because then it just becomes, I would say, you be, you become part of the problem. It's never the best solution with the exception of one situation. And that is when a person is uh, a narcissist and they will not allow you to escape. In that situation, I would say ghosting is the only solution because it could cause, you know, physical altercation if you confront somebody. So if you're escaping someone dangerous and aggressive, I would say ghost them (laughs) because nothing good or peaceful will come out of informing them of your decision to leave. But that's not what this episode is about, so I digress. If you got ghosted, I know a lot of what you might be feeling right now is, why though? Why? What does this mean about me? Like, why did they do this to me? I thought things were great. Um, And I know that a large part of the pain of ghosting is that you just, you feel groundless. It's like you feel like you lack closure, you lack information. So I'm going to try and do a little back and forth with you as though we were having a conversation. And I'm imagining I ghosted you and now I'm hypnotized and you can ask me all the questions you've been craving answers to. Here we go. You. Why did you stop texting me? Me. I didn't want to date you anymore. You. Why? I thought we had a great thing going. Was that all fake on your end? Me. No, it wasn't fake. I just wasn't into you anymore. It wasn't like you were the one for me, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know how to tell you that. You. You could have just said that to me, or called me, or even texted me that. Me. I didn't want to hurt your feelings or make you upset, or have you get mad at me or ask for justification. You. You made me 10 times more upset this way. It was so confusing. Me. La 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 la. Just kidding. How could I have said this without hurting your feelings? You. Here. Here's an example. Hey there. I just wanted to let you know I think you're awesome, but I think we should part ways. I know you'll end up with someone who appreciates you 10 times more than me, and I don't want to steal any more of your time. I wish nothing but the best for you. Please don't hate me. And scene. So if you want to understand this person, I would say you could very easily do a pretty accurate back and forth on your own with them in your mind. And I recommend you do this in a journal because quite simply, you have all of the information you need to translate exactly who they are and where they are. It's it's like taking their actions as very clear communication. Even though you're not hearing words from them, their actions are all you need to know. And if it helps you, know that these types of dynamics are often coming from their parent. It's usually a parent of the opposite sex. So when we don't feel like we're valid, it's par- partly because we didn't feel validated by a parent or we feel like harshly judged by a parent. It kind of creates this void, a lack of internal focus that just allows us to do shitty things. So this person lacks accountability 
somewhere they secret be- secretly believe they're just not a person who is to be relied on. And that just points to a lot of fear. Here are a few profiles for you. Could be someone who grew up not feeling seen and understood. Could be someone who is still now developmentally a teenager. And maybe that's just because they haven't ventured far out enough emotionally to go through major changes that affect you and grow you and mature you, like heartbreak. But that's usually because of extreme vulnerability. Could be somebody who had incredibly critical and intolerant parents. And it could be someone with intimacy issues. Often this happens when things uh, they want on a conscious level conflict with what they can do and they're capable of um, in an internal subconscious level. And that's because a lot of people are just afraid to get hurt or face intense emotions from others. Uh, someone could be also someone who just wants to keep their options open, a.k.a. a person who, are, who compartmentalizes, a.k.a. a person who feels like they're a shitty person deep down. And that is a person who is not ready for a relationship because part of them is still hiding a shame uh, identity. So they're living in a dual self. There's like an inner monologue that says, I am bad and no one else can see it or know it. Regardless of what type they are, the lack of capacity is what I want you to focus on. This person is not capable of being in an equal partnership. And this method of breaking it off is a reflection of that. As far as how you process it, I would just be pissed, be shocked, be annoyed, and then move to sadness for yourself, but also for them. Whatever you do, don't swallow this. Like, don't take this in on yourself or put it, um, make it a judgment on yourself. And don't look at it as acceptable behavior. I look at on, on it as a symptom of a greater ill. Um, but you don't want to be with someone who does this kind of thing. This whole experience was kind of like someone unplugged uh, a projector in your brain that was projecting a dream of someone's dream of their self. And that dream person doesn't exist. And that projection, when it turns off, is very, it's jarring and shocking because you're like, but wait, I had this life I was living with this person. Where did that person go? I'm guessing you are very misled by this person and where you thought you were with them. And it just shows that they wanted to project something that was great and positive, but they weren't necessarily all there, even if they wanted to project it. So that's on them. It's lame on them for having made you think you were somewhere you were not. But some part of what's got to happen right now is you've got to reorient based on the new information and kind of correct the projection, correct for what the image you were seeing and figure out the reality. So you're, it's kind of like processing in two different, at two different speeds and two different directions. It's, it feels very confusing, like, wait, but what, what's real? Am I real? Is this real? Was my value real? I don't understand the new terms. We have a lot of immature people out there in the dating pool. I would say it's a majority, and that's just because of how the supply works. The people that are entering the dating pool are the people who have the lowest ratio of time in committed relationships, and that's because they're the people who have these kind of unsolved selves. The people who are emotionally healthy are snapped up faster, and then they leave the dating pool. 
It's just a casualty of demand. And those people seldom cycle back in. So I know that's a bummer, but it just means for you, you've got to hunt a little bit more aggressively and cut your losses as soon as something like this happens. Which brings me to part three, the how. First, I want to address the hardest part. Because this, I think, the main piece of being ghosted that's like the, that gets kind of confused and wrapped up in all the other really confusing parts of it is the pain of rejection. Because the, at the core of it, the hardest pill to swallow is they didn't want me. It's like almost like getting shot or willingly breaking your own arm. <laughs> like your brain doesn't want to accept it. Your brain doesn't want to swallow that because it means you have to really voluntarily accept the loss, accept the hurt, digest it, and feel the pain of rejection. So the first thing I want to bring up in the tools is I want you to, I want to invite you to feel in a safe way, just a sense of sadness and mourning, feeling sad and saying goodbye to the idea of what this was for you, of like letting go of the dream. All right, the first tool I have for you is called Best Date Ever. So I want you to take yourself out or in on the best date ever. And this is just a kind of a setting I want you to be on for the next, I'm going to say month at least. Whatever you're going to do, you're going to make it divine, and you're going to make everything for yourself perfect by single standards, like as if you were dating yourself. I want you to first just take yourself out on a nice date, get yourself beautiful food, a perfect movie, a perfect playlist, perfect atmosphere, and I want you to just make this a celebration of you-ness, you on you, and really like celebrate your own company, like you are your own best friend and soulmate all in one. So I want you to just lean in this direction for preferably the next hundred years of your life. But I would say just really honoring yourself and sending a visual message to yourself like, hey, I'm here for you. I got your back. I'm going to treat you well. You are important. That is kind of the most important step in dealing with a breakup, especially a betrayal like this. Reminding yourself, like, you are the most important person in your life, and you should be treated like royalty. So at the very start of this, I just want you to have one night, you on you, where you treat yourself wonderfully. Next tool I have for you is called... Map the person. I think I also call this decoder ring. This is probably in the l other Q&A episode. And anyway, it's, it's basically to trace the um, communication via the behavior. So whatever they did is all the closure you need from them. So this tells you about them and who they are. It doesn't tell you about you and who you are. So the most important conclusion to draw from this is... This is not about you. It's about them and who they are and what they're capable of and not capable of. So quite simply, I want you to translate in your journal the actions they took and what those actions translate to in terms of who they are and 
what they're communicating with you. For example, if they said things that were hollow and they projected an image that was much better than who they really are, and then they dropped off the face of the earth, then you're going to write in your journal like, this person projected someone who was much better than they are. The signals to me, they are not aligned. Um, they dropped off the face of the earth out of nowhere. This demonstrates they are a person who is not accountable. It's really just about mapping where they really are based on like the cold hard facts, not about what they said. This is just about what they did. So that's the second tool. The next tool I have um, is for letting go of obsession. So this is another journal entry. I've given this one a couple times. It's one of my favorites. When we're trying to solve something constantly, our brains like won't let go of it. It's because we're in we're in the act of trying to control pain. We're trying to resist feeling pain. And ironically, the pain, if we were actually to know that it existed and we were to actually feel it, it's way more tolerable than the fucking annoying obsession. The obsession is like the worst. It's like, ugh, it's sourced. So this is the journal entry. I want you to ask yourself, am I grasping at something? Am I fixating on something? And the grasping is like kind of the be the better texture, I would say, to get to the core of this. It's usually what we're doing is like, I don't want to feel powerless. or what That's what the underlying feeling is. So you're going to ask yourself, like, what am I grasping at? Yeah, I'm grasping at control. I'm grasping at, um, I don't want to feel worthless. I don't want to feel blah, blah, blah. Whatever answers you get. Really what it is, you're going to see what it is, and you're going to try and lean into that, try and soften into it so you can actually experience it. Because it's really the resistance that makes us go crazy. And once we can just feel it and embrace it and kind of like say like, oh, it's okay, you can feel that way, then it's like it just passes. It doesn't drive you insane anymore. The next tool I have for you Oh, this is kind of a map. It's an, a healing stage map. I want you to imagine like kind of a patinaed papyrus kind of map from a, let's say, a Lord of the Ringsy kind of movie. And there's just different healing stages that are, I would, this is my personal opinion, healthier for being ghosted. And the first one is mad. I want you to get super fucking pissed off and really emb like embody that completely. The feeling of just fuck this piece of shit. Get super pissed. Feel the defen defensive position completely. And the reason I want you to do this is so you just to ensure that you don't turn this in on yourself and make it into it's because I'm not good enough. So anger really externalizes and it also helps you keep a healthy distance from them. It makes you in the defensive like I'm going to fight someone off versus like allow them to wound me again. So that's the first on the map. Second, I want you to come around to compassion and feeling, basically feeling bad for this person. Because like, yeah, fuck them. And then the second stage is like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Like they're, first of all, thank God I'm not with them because who knows, they would run, like run away at the altar if that came down to that. But like, what is wrong with this person? They have issues. 
they are so much more damaged than I am. Like, try and lean into feelings of um, compassion and, like, pity. If, if pity is easier for you, do that one. Um, and then the very last stop in this healing map, this will probably be hard to do now, but, like, eventually, this is, like, kind of a closure ritual I want you to do. Send them forgiveness and wish them well, just mentally. Eventually, you want to ha- hold nothing on, like, in your body related to them at all. It's, like, just parting ways with the whole thing. It's just saying, like, you know what? I wish them well. I harbor no grudges. And that's just, like, so you cannot have to deal with any of the pain anymore. All right, the next tool is called Celebrity Stalker. So this is for if you, just a good visual, if you see them out and about in the city and you're like, oh, shit, like if you're at a party and they're there, whatever it is, just remember you're a celebrity and they are your stalker. So you act like you would in this situation if you were a celebrity and they're your stalker. You're always smiling. You're looking at everything and nothing at the same time. You're not making eye contact. You're not engaging with them. And if you happen to, like, have to pass them in a doorway or if they happen to, like, run into you, you nod and smile and you're polite but completely disengaged as if you are an anonymous person. Like, nod and smile. And if they try and engage you, say say something like... You don't start a conflict, but you also don't engage in a conversation. So you do something that deflects. For example, um, um, sorry, I have to go. Wait one minute. I just have to I have to meet this other person or something like that. I'll be right back, whatever it is, to just distract them and then get the fuck out of there. Next tool I have uh, is a run-in rehearsal. So I... I know this is probably not enjoyable to do. I want you to mentally rehearse what it would be like to run into them just because if that were to happen, you would not feel so taken aback. Like you won't be, you won't stumble if you already have mentally prepared for this experience. So just like visually go through this in your mind, step by step, how you'll act. You'll be like the celebrity with the stalker and repeat back to yourself like feeling that you will not hold a grudge you'll not hold on to anything from the experience and that will hold no power over you energetically and remember that you kind of pity this person it's not about uh feeling like oh it's them it's my you know it's really about taking the the powerful role not the victim role in all of this so just do a mental rehearsal ahead of time it'll make it a thousand times easier if it happens The next tool, a journal entry, I want you to write the story of this relationship. And I want you to do it from start to finish based off all of the knowledge you have now. Um, It's basically a narrative and one that empowers you uh, and combines all of the emotions you've experienced as well as the wisdom you now have. For example, my entry might go along the lines of, I met someone I liked, he liked me as well. The relationship was not what I believed it to be. He ghosted me because he got freaked out and didn't have the tools to confront how he felt. And that caused me a lot of pain and confusion and turmoil. And then I processed it and I felt all my anger and I am now left with nothing but pity for him. I wish nothing on his life other than 
strength so that he might heal himself and have healthy relationships. I now choose to move on and let go of this energy. Uh, I know this is not a judgment on me or my worth. It's only a casualty of this person's immaturity. And this has been a great teacher for me and a reminder to first always love myself. This chapter is now closed in my life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I choose to move on. So I just want you to be able to own this from start to finish so that you're not kind of subconsciously driven by an unhealthy narrative. Um, and if it feels like it's too soon for you to do, to do this, totally fine. Stay in the anger stage so you can just get it all out, get all the pain out. Uh, I think anger is kind of a healing emotion when it comes to processing something like this because it just gets it out of your body. And the last tool I have for you is a closure ritual. I invite you to do this one with a friend. Um, this is kind of a take on a Hawaiian closure ritual, but I want you to customize it. So I would say cheers to your friend. Like your, the point is to both cheers to your awesomeness. So I would, ta- I would convert this into your own words, but you're basically going to um, imagine the person who ghosted you and you're going to choose not to hold on to any grudges or any of the bad feelings you have around this relationship energetically. So something along the lines of, you imagine the person, I'm sorry you are fucked up or you are hurting. Forgive me for causing you the pain of fear. Thank you for the time we shared. And I send you nothing but love on your path. Our chapter is now closed. Cheers. I'll tell you it again. And I would keep the apology and the forgive me part and the thank you part and the love part. Change the words around that. So here it is. I'm sorry you're hurting or you are fucked up. Forgive me for causing you the pain of fear. Thank you for the time we shared. I send you nothing but love on your path. Our chapter is now closed. We cheers to my awesomeness. <laughs> I hope you do that one. Um, So before I close on this one, I want to say thank you to all of my latest sponsors. I have so many new sponsors. I'm so fucking stoked. Also wanted to say a huge thank you to Rachel. I think I thanked you already, but I wanted to thank you again because you gave me a huge fucking awesome donation. Fuck, 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 fuck. So thank you to the new sponsors, Mallory, Emma, Rainon, Rainon, Ryan, Krista, Corey, another Ryan, Jenny, Jill, and Katrina, thank you all so much for your amazing donations. You really make this show happen. I'm so grateful. And um, if any of you have a request for a topic, please let me know. And if anyone out there has the means for a donation, they really help the show happen, um, you can head to yaywithme.com and click donate. Or you can find me on Patreon. Um, So thank you all so much. And if you don't have the means... Uh, I know I have a lot of college students out there, so totally understand. If you have the time for a review on iTunes, that helps me immensely as well. Or just share it with someone you know. So in closing, if you are asking yourself, is there anything I did wrong? Is there anything I should have done differently? Is there anything I could have done to change the fact that I got ghosted? The general answer is no. You didn't do anything wrong. However, because this is an opportunity in your life, I would like to invite you to examine your relationship to see, just scrub through the history and see if there were any red flags that you ignored. And your body might kind of contract 
to this invitation. You might be like, oof, but I don't want to be blamed. And that's what we all do when we get defensive emotionally. So this is not about placing blame on yourself. It's more me giving you permission to try on, just like it was an outfit that doesn't fit, just try it on for size and see if you can scrub any extra lessons from this. It's almost like taking an intense moral inventory, hunting for anything you missed so that you never get stuck with someone like this again. You never miss it again in the future. And I'm guessing there's probably not much that showed up. Um, And I don't want you to feel like you have to be on the defense moving forward or, you know, like anything you can do can control whether someone will do this. Um, Because in in all honesty, in order to find love, you've got to be serious and present and vulnerable from the get. Got to be willing to get hurt. So feeling like this and getting ghosted, like it sucks, but that's just part of earning the right partner. And if anything, what you will do differently by going through this process is kind of react to in the moment to something differently if it happens to you again. Like you will first feel compassion instead of being like, what the fuck? Why didn't they like me enough? Why didn't they respect me enough to to break up with me on the level? Instead, you might feel like, oh, ah, well, you're not my one. And maybe you have a mild case of, ah, well, that's too bad. Versus like, why don't you like me? Wasn't I enough? I know it's always disappointing, but it's not as personal anymore when you kind of go through this learning process. It just is. Um, The goal is really just knowing you are amazing. You are exactly as you should be. And you're perfect as you are. And this is just someone else's process that they're going through. And it's completely outside of that. It's separate from that. And there is only one person you're looking for. So your job is really just to aggressively sift through people to find him or her. So this is really more about, well, that person is not my one. They're, it's not about me. It's just they've got some issues. And yes, it's disappointing, but it's not like a bullet to the liver. You don't feel so doubled over in your pain. It's like, ah, wow, dodged a bullet there. Like, huh, really? No, oh, you're a child. Wow. Well, never saw that coming. Silly, silly person. Um, but whatever stage you're at with this, just take heart in knowing you are a good person and put this energy into treating all of your future dates with dignity and res- respect. Celebrate the ones who are not your own and send them out the door feeling taller and more beautiful than they felt before. Like, if anything, you will become a more compassionate dater because of this. Because it's tough out there. We could all use to feel a bit more kindness and support from those who owe us nothing. Because dating doesn't have to be such a painful thing. We all deserve our dignity. And trust me, the more good you put out there, the more love you share with others, ultimately, the more you will get back. I completely believe that on an energetic level. I just think you become a love magnet when you are a loving person. You're like a kindness magnet. So it's just about starting from a place of wholeness and needing nothing and knowing that no matter what happens, you are still perfect and whole. And it doesn't matter what another person does or doesn't do. The self-love is everything. So if you take nothing more than this, than this from this episode, just take one step that is kind, thoughtful, and loving toward yourself. Because authenticity is the most powerful, real, and sexy, and intimidating thing. Because it shows confidence.
It's the most potent form of confidence. Just that ability to be vulnerable and to say where you are and to mean it and to put your heart online, that's like, I would say, just it's the most attractive thing in the world. I think of it as air. It shows me who a truly powerful and confident person is. So keep showing up and keep asking the same of others because we need you out there. And remember, generosity, being where you are and owning it feels good. Contracting and hiding feels bad. And although it doesn't feel like it, you are the gifted one. You are the one with the upper hand in this world because you are living life on the level. You are present and you are showing up. So don't allow someone like this the dignity of being changed by them. I hope this helps you and my heart goes out to you. And don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.